Okay, y'all. Old school. Gospel meeting. Okay, I'm glad we didn't do all five verses. <laughs> I used to go to a church where the preacher said he wrote all five because he thought they were needed. We're going to sing all five, even the mysterious third one that no one ever sings. So. Okay, so we're not going to review very much. Today's the day you've all been waiting for. Pentecostal, right here, right now. I, I made sure the temperature is really cold so when we start dancing, you won't get too... Some of you think I'm sort of serious, don't you? Some of you are like... Is he... He might not be kidding. I'm kidding. Um, we, for the last few weeks, have been taking puzzle pieces out of the puzzle box of this thing about the Holy Spirit and just setting them on the table. I don't know about you, but I had four sisters who tormented me growing up. And when, yeah, I know, see, you're, see, that's a freedom prayer issue right there. <coughs> and, uh, hey, Catherine. And um, when, we did, when we did puzzles, they would take the edge pieces and put them in their pockets. And my littlest sister always, you know, the, the one who puts the last piece in, that's like the, she would put it in her pocket, and then we'd pretend to look for it, and she'd go, oh, every single time we fell for it. So we're, we're doing some puzzle pieces, and we've got kind of the last ones here now. And then we're going to take these puzzle pieces and say, okay, now how do they play out in the book of Acts? Okay, so that's what we're doing today. We're, we're just asking that question. So I'm exploring with you, not as a know-it-all, I've experienced tons of stuff, but there's lots of different ways of looking at this, and what we want to do is come up with a way that's real. Not in a way that's stylized, not in a way where Holy Spirit is, is Father, Son, and who's that? There's somebody else in the family. Okay, so not in that way either. Okay, so, so we want to come up in a way that's, that's really helpful. So here we have um, Jesus saying, and this is review, he says, look, um, unless you're born of water, which is birth, and the spirit, you can't get into my kingdom. You're not a member. The, the passport into my kingdom is you're born of the spirit. So you go, okay, wonder what that means. Okay, he didn't really explain it. He just said, if you're born of the spirit. Then he went on to say, people who are born of the spirit are like the wind. They're kind of like, you can't quite figure them out, but you can kind of, feel, you know the wind is blowing, but you're not exactly sure why. And, you know, so that, okay. Then later he says, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and and last couple of weeks we went through like 30 different things in John and Luke and Matthew about the Holy Spirit. So I'm only summarizing the ones that are pertinent to today's discussion, which is Pentecost. Okay. So he said, "Look, I'm going to ask. He'll send you another helper. We talked about that being Paraclete, the Paracleo, the one who runs alongside, calls to you, encouragement. He will be with you forever. You know him. Now, now catch this." Because he abides with you, but he will be in you. And so Jesus said, look, when you went out, when I sent out the 12 and then the 70 and demons were subject to you and miracles happened, he was with you. And you, you were like, wow, cool stuff's happening. Okay, demons are subject to us. And, and Jesus says, that's really cool, but more cool is your name is written in the book of life. And then he says, look, he, he, will, he is with you, but he will be in you. So you're going, click. Okay, so something will happen. 
the Holy Spirit who was with them is going to be inside of them. But Jesus didn't go, poof, he's in you. He said, no, there's a time coming when that will happen. So then in John 7, he says, he who believes in me, he who believes in me, as scripture said, from his innermost being, so we laid out this structure of humanity, which is I am a spirit, I have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and I live in a body. That's my earth suit. If I was on planet McZippity split somewhere in a different galaxy, I would have a different suit to live in. But I'm living in an earth suit, okay? And I, but I am a spirit. So when God breathed into Adam, it says he became a living soul. So God takes body, his spirit, he breathes a, a human spirit into Adam, and Adam becomes a soul. The marriage of the body and the spirit is the soul part of us, okay? We're not going to spend much more time in that. So, so look, if you believe in me, check, so believe in me, out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. And then he says, by this, he's, so John says, look, don't, don't, don't make a mistake. We're not talking hydraulic engineering. By this, he spoke of the Holy Spirit, who had not yet been given, okay, Holy Spirit's not yet, been, because Jesus isn't glorified yet. You go, okay, so this Holy Spirit we're talking about, this river, this thing, which if I believe in Jesus, then that is mine. I, I can have that. That will happen at a point in time when Jesus is glorified. Check. Okay, so there's a, there's a calendar date. And Jesus, is, John said, look, that calendar date is coming. That, that river thing isn't happening yet because Jesus isn't glorified. But when Jesus is glorified, the river thing will start to happen. And then um, Jesus says, look, uh, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you go, okay, so there's, a, there's a, some sort of an asking involved some, somewhere in this, okay? So, so how does that compare to the one that says, if I just believe in him, it'll happen, and then there's an asking, and then John says, Jesus will baptize you, in the Holy Spirit. Remember we talked about bapto is just a transliteration. Uh, baptism is just a transliteration of the word bapto because nobody wanted to cross the Catholics when they translated the King James Version because they sprinkled infants. And so they said, let's not say dunked, which is what bapto means. Let's just call it baptism. Okay, and so we'll get away with that. Okay, but it means to immerse in. So it says, he will immerse you in the Holy Spirit. So you have this river flowing out of you. You, you are immersed in, dipped in the Holy Spirit. Huh. So all of those things are happening. And so let's talk again just quickly what we've seen. You must be born of the Spirit. Unconditional. If you want to be in his kingdom, that is the passport. Two, he was with the disciples, but he will be in the disciples. Check. Three, believing in Jesus means the outflowing river, that is the spirit, is available to you or maybe is in you automatically or we don't know. It just says out of his belly this will happen. But we also know there's an ask. Oh, the spirit is only given when Jesus is glorified. The father gives to spirit to those who ask. So there's maybe a an asking piece, we don't know, a believing piece, there's this, but, but the point is it's not being withheld, that's for sure, right? That's, that's a given. 
Jesus baptizes in the Spirit. So we should ask, <clears throat> Jesus makes this deal about with you and in you. He was with you, he will be in you. Is that important to us, right? Now, with, with certain Pentecostals and certain Charismatics, that's, that's a huge deal for them. With and in, with and in is a huge deal for them. Is that a huge deal? Okay, so let's think about that. Secondly, what does born of the Spirit really mean? Unless you're born of the... So what, what does that mean? What, what, is, what actually happens to my makeup if I'm born of the Spirit when I believe in Jesus? What, what actually happens? Okay, We're going to see all this demonstrated here in just a minute. The qualification for that flowing Spirit given to the earth is that Jesus is glorified. So this, this river flowing out of you, the, the thing that has to happen to switch that on over the whole earth is Jesus is glorified. Okay, with me so far? Any, anybody going, wait, wait, what? You can, you can say, wait, what? Because I'm talking kind of fast. I talk like a Yankee on drugs when I know that my time is short. Okay, so I, I apologize, sir. So the qualification for this flowing spirit given to me is I believe and maybe there's an asking piece. Now, people who, who are very learned in the scriptures will say, well, John says something different than Luke. So you know it's not true, right? So, so you get this sort of, well, that can't be and that can't be. So we're kind of going to throw everything out. And, and so that, that happens with sort of a liberal look at scripture and it's like well who knows who even wrote John it was probably not written by John it was probably written and so so there's all the speculation that somehow comes to us as fact so I have a high view of scripture and my high view of scripture is is Jesus watched over his word and God watched over the formation of his word and so when there's apparent contradictions then we should look at those and say huh how could those both be true? Oh, right? How could those both be true? Oh. And so I spent years and years and years as this young KJ um, and asking the question, how could these things that seem contradictory be true? And then I, I look at my life and I go, oh, of course, that's how, at least that's how it worked with me. And a lot of people, oh, whole large groups of, oh, this could be true. Oh, this totally makes sense. So I'm going to give you um, my version of how this all works. But I'm also going to say, what is your version? Is there a different way to look at this? And is that way helpful to us? Is, is, is our way, different ways of looking at it, does it explain scripture? Or does scripture explain our ways of looking at it? And does it, is it true in real life? Does it work out in real life? Does it contradict anything that we know? Okay, so that, that's kind of how we're looking at this because this is, this is uh, honestly, um, when you said we should study this, I thought this could get me kicked out of Otter Creek, except Mike's here, so. <laughs> well, actually, because Jeannie's here, so we're all safe, but. No, I'm, I'm kind of kidding about this, but. So we're going to take a good, okay, so now things are going to start getting interesting. Ready? Okay, so here we go with that all as background. We're going to dive in. So here we are. Now this is really strange. Jesus is risen in John 20. 
he appears to the disciples, and the first thing he does, the first thing he does is he says, peace be to you, I'm going to be sending you out. And then it says he breathes into them and says, receive the Holy Spirit in John 20. And the word there is, is, is in the Septuagint, is the exact word that it says that God did with Adam when he breathed into him and he became a living soul. It's that word. And so we'll get back to a minute. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So wait a minute. So he shows up. He's, he's now risen from the dead. He's died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He sees the disciples. He says, don't be afraid. I'm, I am a ghost, but that's okay. And then he goes, receive the Holy Spirit. And so, so he's breathing into them. And the them could mean individually them or collectively them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So did they receive the Holy Spirit? Probably if Jesus said so, they probably did. Right? So they, they probably received the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the Holy Spirit was breathed into them. But now look what Jesus says. I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. Wait into, in the city. This is in the same conversation. He says, wait in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And in Acts 1.8, uh, Luke quotes him again. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yeah, see, see wait. so look at, look at the adjectives here. He breathed into them when upon you. Receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so you're going, okay, so here's the deal. They have the Holy Spirit breathed into them. They have the Holy Spirit, no question. And yet in that same conversation, he goes, he says, now, wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit comes upon you and clothes you with power. So you go, well, did they get like Holy Spirit 1.0? I mean, and 2.0 is, you know, it's like, well, what is that? Okay, so, so we asked some hmm questions. So he breathed into them. They were filled with his breath and the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the same word we used when, we, when it was, they received communion, received into them. So what happened when they first saw Jesus post-resurrection? What do you think happened? Think body, soul, spirit for a minute. Any thoughts? This is, what? What about this explanation? Jesus has now died on the cross and is risen. Therefore, he said, unless you're born of the spirit, you cannot enter my kingdom. What if they just got born again? That is, their spirit, which is dead, he said, was with you, will be in you, and now the Holy Spirit's in them. And they are born of the Spirit. On the inside, this, see, see when, when Adam sinned, God said, in the day you eat of it, you will die. 
but he lived another 700 years. But something immediately happened. It says the eyes of them were immediately opened. They realized they were naked. They had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they died. And physical death began in them, but spiritual death happened immediately. They were darkened in their spirits. Their spirits shriveled up to this little wisp of a conscience. They became mind men, that is, they became psychicos. They did what they thought was right. Remember in the book of Judges, every man did what was right in his own eyes. That is how the whole Old Testament plays out. And a mind man, unless there's prophets and words and the law to keep them, they will just gravitate into the flesh and just get more and more despicable till you gotta send a flood to wipe them out, right? And so that's what happened to Adam and the race of Adam. Jesus is called the last Adam. He's also called the second man. So what I think happened is that the first time Jesus sees them, he goes, you need to be born of the spirit. And I'm not gonna waste any time. <sighs> Welcome to the kingdom. And on the inside, something on the inside is ignited and their spirit and the Holy Spirit come alive inside of them. They are now citizens of the kingdom. They are now a new race and aliens on the earth. They are born of the spirit. They now are a spirit. They have a soul and they live in a body. Two minutes before this happened, they were a soul and tried to fend off the flesh or indulge in the flesh. But there was no spirit. You, go, you look to this side and it's just empty. There's nothing there. That, that part died with Adam. You look to the flesh side and it's like, come on, baby. And in the mind, the best they can do is to try to grit their teeth and be good. And that's why the law came. The law came to show them that will never work. You can try all you want. The law didn't come so you'd obey the law. The law came so you'd break the law. Look at Romans. The law came so you would break the law, so you would know that the law is not, you cannot be a psychicos man and live and please God. You must be in the spirit. The flesh cannot please God. Only the spirit can. And so Jesus goes, and they're now born again. That's, that's what happens at a Billy Graham crusade. People say, Lord Jesus, be my Lord. And whoa, I mean, I, I remember on an airplane, I was flying to Uganda, and there was this guy sitting next to me. Somewhere in the middle of the night, we get talking about the Lord, and, and my friend is pretending to be asleep, but he goes, you know, like this. And so we're talking, and I said to him, would you like this Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? And he goes, yes. And so we pray, and he opens his eyes, and he goes, wow. See, I think we've forgotten the wow, because we get saved when we're four. You know, it's like, we kind of forget the wow, but... I remember at the Bill, I got saved in Billy Graham crusade at age 21, and I remember the wow to this day. It's like, wow, everything's different, you know? The sun is brighter. <laughs> it's kind of like sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. You know, it wasn't quite that, but, but they experienced the wow right then, right there. They experienced the wow of a born-again spirit. But Jesus says to them, hold tight. Don't, don't go out and try things because you have a new life, but I want to clothe you with power. I want to clothe you with what you will need to, to be witnesses worldwide. So sit tight, 
enjoy, don't go anywhere. You see what's happening? Does that make sense? Okay, so they're born again. <clears throat> um, and he told them to wait because they weren't quite ready. So here we are now in the book of Acts. So they've waited. Now here we are, poof at Pentecost. He said, wait until this happens. So now this is happening. So what is this? So you remember, <clears throat> suddenly came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing in. It filled the house where they were sitting. Tongues of fire distributing themselves rested on each of them. It says, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Ooh, filled with. Okay, that doesn't quite meet my upon, right? That, okay, so what is that? <clears throat> and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Okay, so that's the thing. That Jesus says, wait until you're clothed with power. That's it right there. That is what's happening. Wait until that happens. So Peter starts to explain. He first says, we're not drunk. It's not noon. Now for 4 o'clock, maybe so. But we're not drunk. Okay. So what? They thought they maybe were drunk. So some, some noise, some shouting, some Pentecostal stuff may have been happening. And... and they thought they were drunk. The people listening said, They're, wait, we're each hearing them in our own language. This is miraculous. So Peter says, A, they're not drunk. <clears throat> Remember? Thank you. Remember in Ephesians it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe because sometimes they look the same. Just saying. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Okay, then Peter says, this is that which Joel said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, to us that may not be a big deal, but to the Jews that's a huge deal. Because remember all through the Old Testament, it was certain people for certain jobs for a temporary period. That was how the Holy Spirit was experienced. Oh, I need a prophet. Oh, I need a king. Oh, I need to... Even David says, i got to go seek a word from the prophet, right? And now Peter says, look, that end of that time, now I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then he says, male and female servants. I mean, he picked like, I'm going to pick the absolute lowest of the low, and I'm going to include them in this verse. I'm going to pour out my spirit on male and female servants. In other words, some of you might think maybe you're worthy of the Spirit being poured out, but you wouldn't think male and female slaves are worthy. I'm going to pour it out on male and female. So, so he's basically saying everybody, is everybody gets the Holy Spirit poured out on them. Every single person, without exception. Church of Christ people, Catholics, Baptists, non-denominational people, people who aren't sure there is a God, suddenly encounter God. I have been with people like that who go, I was a Christian long before I ever attended a church because God appeared to me. Muslims. I bought a carpet from a guy who said, let me tell you my story. And I'm like, Jesus did what? That's pretty cool. I'll pour out on all flesh. Now look at this. He says to them, know assuredly that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Now why does he say that? He says, I want you to know God has made him Lord. God the Father has made him Lord. Now remember, 
we said the Holy Spirit cannot be poured out until Jesus is glorified. Peter says, I want you to know he's glorified. Okay, so this is the word for word, almost idea for idea, fulfillment of what was said before. So the Holy Spirit is poured out because Jesus is glorified. And Peter says, I, you need to know for sure that he is now sitting on the throne. He is Lord and King. You need to know that. Okay, he's, he's not a prophet. He's not just a priest. He is prophet, priest, and king. He's glorified. That's why this can happen. And now look at what he says. Repent. Be baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, unto the remission of your sins. That is, be born again. Right? Be born again. Repent. Be baptized. Be born again. And you will receive this gift, charis, of the Holy Spirit. The promise is... Now look at he it's an all-inclusive for you, your children, people who are far away, foreigners, people throughout all of history. Doesn't stop, not lim unlimited, overflowing, gushing, free pouring out of this Holy Spirit. This this thing that they see, he's he's referring to the thing that they're experiencing right then, Pentecost. And he's saying, that gifting, that thing, that thing that will happen is for you. And he says that to us today. He, he, he makes sure that he, he says it so it goes through time. It's for everyone. If you've been called to the Lord Jesus Christ, then this experience or some version of it is yours. Without, without limitation. Okay, so how does that hit you? How does that, how does that idea square with your teaching or your experience? What, what, what have you been taught in the past or, or not taught in the past about this idea? Only thing is you left out two steps. I'm sorry, there are five steps. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, come on. That's right. Yeah, if you want the thorough, if you want the thorough thing, that now he did say repent, be baptized. So somewhere in there, there's confess and all that stuff, right? Because you're not going to be baptized until you say, hey, I want to be baptized. Really? Why? Oh well, I was a sinner, but right? Okay, that's good though. That's good. That's good. Sometimes we just leave out. We we're really good at this one. Sometimes repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. Stop. Right? And, and then we go well. Yeah, that one, we got the word now. So we don't need that part. <clears throat> I got a book. Why do I need a guide? I'm going on a tour of Yellowstone Park, and I got the tour book. And Jesus, got, Jesus says, yeah, but I actually, the park ranger wants to go with you and point out stuff you'll never see in the book. And if you see a bear, he'll tell you what kind of bear it is. The book can't do that for you. The book can tell you there are bears there. The book can't experience a bear with you in real time. Oh, yeah, Mike. Um, never mind. What? Never mind. Oh, okay. feel free. <laughs> okay, while well, he's thinking, um, what other thoughts? I have a comment. 
Yeah, Jeannie. Okay, so from my upbringing and teaching, nobody ever went to the John passage where he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. They were delighted to see him and he breathed it into them. I don't know about anybody else, but that was not part of... Um, and, and of course I can read, so it's not like it's somebody's fault. But that piece uh -huh. was not part of the storyline. Right. What was, was wait, something big is coming. Yeah. Pentecost, they came. I mean, um, I'm extremely familiar with Acts 2. <coughs> I've just never right. connected to John 20. Right, so, um, so the way that's sometimes taught, so if you go and read all the, you go, this was, a, this was a first fruits, or this was a type of what was to come, or he was giving them an example of what would come, or this was symbolic of Adam, and he was, he was doing a, a strictly symbolic action. Receive the Holy Spirit was nothing really happened. It was sort of symbolic. And you go, I, you know, those things make sense here, but they don't make sense here. That... You know, I'm always, let's pick the simplest explanation and then let's see if that has some truth to it. And, and so when you look at the, at, the, at the born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, in and upon, you go, okay, there's, there's one Holy Spirit who is given to you. And what should happen when, when you say, oh, I want God is... You are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that is just like, that's, that's what happens. But I think sometimes we separate the two. And the second one, or the way you're looking, the, you know, the second one, kind of, we just don't, it, we don't talk about that in polite company. You know, it's kind of like demons. It's just, we just don't talk about that in polite company. Because I don't know why. Why don't we? Why do you think we don't? Yeah, because for some of us in our experience, that didn't happen at baptism. Right. And yet, that's sort of what we were taught is that that's when we received the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and and it's not wrong. I mean, when he breathed on the disciples, they received the Holy Spirit. There's there's no no question about it. They did, and you did. You were born again. You you have the passport. You know, you can flash it at the gate. You're in. Right. Any other thoughts? Yeah. No, no, that's good. Somebody has to, and it may as well be you. When I was married, my husband was not a Christian. Of course, I was convinced that he would be next year. You know, it was actually twenty years, but it was such a wonderful experience for our whole family because. He had that, that wonderful wow that you're yeah. talking about. And he was just, I mean, he came in from work and went back on his bed and started reading the Bible. He was just on fire. Yeah. And I said, I am jealous of you because I was baptized when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And, you know, yes, I do have joy and I have love. But it was just that enthusiasm and, and that the spirit was manifesting itself so in his life. Yeah. And uh, it's wonderful. It's just absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. 
sometimes I, I, my roommate and I in college used to kid that we really need to encourage people to go sin for a while. <laughs> because if you, get way, if you get way back, then when you take a run at the kingdom, you get way in. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like that, that thing. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. You know, my wife kind of laughs about she was, she was probably born again in the womb. You know, I mean, she goes, there never was a time I didn't believe in Jesus. Never. She said, I was pretty rebellious because I, I went to that crazy Belmont church with that Don Finto guy. And <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I used to be an elder at that church, so I'm very suspect now. I've lifted the veil off the uh, young elder, which was an oxymoron. But we were morons to try to be elders with four small children. That didn't last long. <clears throat> I read the grown children part and went, I need to move to the country and raise my kids, which I did. Any other thoughts about this? Yeah, Scott. There was a, just a moment when we're talking about John 20 and thinking about the, that it's the same word as what was used in the, in the creation of Adam's story. Yeah. And thinking about <clears throat> Jesus' emotion and the breathing of it out. Because I've always been so impressed with here's the creation story and here's how God is creating everything, but man is different. And there's a hands-on forming of the clay breathing yeah. the spirit of life into them and just contemplating what does inspiration mean when we talk about da Vinci or artists that are inspired yeah that there's something in that creative process that isn't originating solely from us and our abilities um, and so all of that kind of background and then seeing in this intimate reunion with those who he walked with and lived with and knew that their capacity to understand wasn't there that he got to be a part of that breathing into them. It's almost like the, the antivirus for the sin yeah. that came in from the garden. I am breathing life, true life, back like the creator, or the, it starts now. Yeah. Like the reclaiming. And then each time that there is a conversion, this breath is spread, you know, it's spreading. Yeah. It's just a beautiful image. And I just yeah, God's solution to... Uh, our sin problem isn't to strengthen us, it's to kill us. When you get that, the world, it, things are really different, yeah? Yeah, I think to go along with that and to talk about the uh, old law, if you will, or the Torah, which this, I don't think this comment devalues the Torah at all, but it's fascinating because Pentecost aligns with the Jewish calendar yeah. where 50 days after leaving Exodus and the Passover, they come to Mount Sinai. The Torah, the teaching of God, comes down. A few days later, of course, you've got the golden calf scene. Yeah. And 3,000 people get killed. Do you remember this? Like they sure. slaughter 3,000 people when the teaching of God comes down in the old law. In this scene in Acts 2, when the Spirit comes down, it says, and about 3,000 souls were saved that day. Yeah. So in the spirit, there is life. Yeah, and this is the this is the Hebrew celebration of first fruits of the barley harvest as well. So it's like first fruits. So so yeah, there there's this there's this crazy mirror parallel between New and Old Testament. That's if you want to if you want to have your mind blown. Among other things, among other parallels, look at this. If you look at Romans five, six, seven, and eight and look at the first four cities of conquest coming into the Holy Land, they're absolute parallels. 
crazy hair standing up on the back of your neck parallels between those two. And you just go, oh, this was all planned. <laughs> I mean, he knew what he was doing. I mean, it, it's just, wow. I mean, it's, it's I'm going to write it. I started a book called The Five Kings because the parallels were so crazy and I just got derailed from it. But um, yeah, yeah, really good point. Any other thoughts about this? Yeah. Just kind of echo what was said earlier, but just questions and stuff. And I, you know, I believe I have the Holy Spirit and believe He's in me, but like that wasn't my experience at baptism. Kind of stuck with me that. So when did that happen? You know, I think I want to. I want fire to be on top of my head, so I know. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Now I've got it. Yep. Sure, I guess. Yeah. So we're going to keep talking about that as we go through the Book of Acts next week, and look at examples of that. And then when Mike, when I, I'll be out of the country for two weeks, and Mike and Jeannie will get you all baptized in the Holy Spirit when I come back. Oh. <clears throat> I'm still sitting here taking notes. <laughs> we all take notes on the Holy Spirit for life. There's no question about that. Okay, so let's let's summarize briefly before before the class ends. You were born of the Spirit. You were saved. It's an inward work. Your spirit comes alive. The Holy Spirit, ruach, like, is blown into you, and you go, wow. Now, whether you were old enough to go, wow, whether your culture allowed you to go, wow, whether, whether any of that happened, you, you're in the kingdom. You're a stranger and an alien on this earth. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. You have the ability to live that way, but not the obligation to live that way. Okay, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Yeah. I, that, I'm glad you said that because sometimes when we look at other people and their experiences, we think, well, did I get it? Right. And it's really not a matter of experience. Yeah. It's a matter of faith. Yeah, I'm going to come right back to that next slide. Okay. That is per and then say that again, okay, because it'll make... It'll make Okay, no, hopefully not. Don't think. Just, just go blank for a minute. Pretend like you're listening to your wife talk. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm so kidding. So the Holy Spirit... No, you're, you're being very helpful. That, that was good. Your I was like two steps ahead of my slides, which I love. Like your thing about the prophetic last week um, was really good to help people with the blurred out thing. The Holy Spirit enters you then. Yet it was important for them to wait to be empowered. Okay, so, so whether I like that, get that, or understand that, it doesn't mean it's not true. It just means I need to go, Lord, show me how this, show me more about this. This, this is not like A, B, C, D, E, every, everything. Okay, this is, this is God's not human and his first language is in English territory. Okay, being born of the Spirit could not happen until Christ rose. Being empowered by the Spirit could not happen until Christ was glorified, right? You can't be born again until the cross happens and he bore our sins. Remember Romans 6 says, if you were buried with Christ, you died. Then surely you were raised with Christ to newness of life. Okay, we're going to come to that to the next slide. So just hold that. 
Holy Spirit guides, teaches, discloses, testifies, reminds, convicts. Those are all the things that we saw in John that Holy Spirit does. And, and we would, <clears throat> it's easy to agree with these because they can all be subtle, right? They can all be sort of, I don't cross any boundaries when I say, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit really convicted me this morning of being kinder to my kids or whatever, you know? And so those things are, and, and those are true, and those are real, and the Holy Spirit works that way. <clears throat> The Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. Uh, yes, I can say that, but I have less experience of that. And some people do, and we call them missionaries, right? Um, and so you're going, okay, so what does that empowering look like in the grocery store tomorrow? Right? Because it's always easy to push it off to a faraway place or a faraway time. And what I'm trying to get us to do is to say, tomorrow, what does that look like? Yesterday, no, Friday, I picked up the phone. I felt prompted. I picked up the phone. I called an office manager of a small office who was struggling, and I told him what a great job he was doing. Don't know why, just did, out of the blue. And I gave him some specifics, and he started to cry. And he said, You've made my week, maybe my month. Thank you so much. I hung up. I went, that was easy. We have words of life. That was easy. Huh, I think I'll be more alert to grocery store clerks. I think I'll, yeah, yeah. Jesus looks at, at Nathaniel, Matthew, one of them. And he goes, behold, a June whom there's no guile. And he goes, how did you know that? Because that would be a put down, except if you're actually a Jew without guile. That means I'm innocent. I, I, I'm not a manipulator. I'm not a bargainer. I'm not a, and that was considered a positive back then was to be a really good salesperson, a really good barter person. He said, look, you're, you're guileless. You're without guile. So, um, Yep, so there's both an inness and an onness, and in closing in my last minute, we have to get this. This is the most important thing I'm gonna say. I have forgiveness of sins because Jesus died on the cross, I died too. The reason my sins are forgiven is not because I confessed, not because I repented, those are the ways I received the forgiveness, I laid hold of the forgiveness, but the reason I have forgiveness is the finished work, okay? All I do is say yes. Secondly, I have a new life born of the Holy Spirit and I'm placed in the kingdom of God because Jesus rose, okay? That, that's the primary thing that had to happen. All I do is say yes. All I do is say, I want that. Show me how to walk that way. What does that new life look like with my kids? What does it look like tomorrow? What does is, what is being an alien look like, that new life look like? I have a right to the fullness of the Spirit, the flowing river out of me, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, all of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, even the crazy ones. I have a right to those things because Jesus was glorified. All I have to do is say yes, ask receive, right? If any man comes to me and drinks, he says. If any man is thirsty, 
Let him come to me and drink. Okay, all I need to do is just be thirsty and drink. So I, I want to make this just, just as clear, as clear, as clear can be. It's all Jesus all the time. Okay, it is not because I repent correctly. It's not because I'm Pentecostal. It's not because somebody lays hands on me. It's not because I was in the right place at the right time and the great man spoke a prophetic word over me. It's because of Jesus. It's not limited to any person except the person who says yes to Jesus. That's the only criteria, the only limitation. I have a three-volume set of books, as Washman E says, I have a three-volume set of books bought and paid for at the store. And if I only came home with two, I should go get the other one. They're all mine. They're totally mine. And just like this forgiveness thing, you experience it once and then you experience it continually. There may be a time in your life when you do something really boneheaded and you confess it and you experience that, that forgiveness and you go, oh, I have never experienced forgiveness like that before. That doesn't mean you didn't experience forgiveness the first time you gave your life to Christ. It just means that it happens and it keeps happening. In Ephesians, when it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that's that present ongoing aorist tense, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So all of these things start at a point in time when I say yes, and then we have multiple experiences of them as we go through life. And we grow with respect to, to grace. So if you have not experienced one of these, and I'll kind of point to this one, if you feel like you've not experienced that one, then say yes. And if you would like someone to pray with you, fine. But it's, it's yours. It, it happens because Jesus was glorified. Peter said, look, the promise is for you and your kids and your cousins and your preacher. And, you know, it's, it's, for, it's for everyone. That promise is for you. You can limit the extent of that promise. You can say, uh, I'll do that, but I'll never do this. And Holy Spirit is such a gentleman that he will be quenched. And he'll say, fine. But when you're ready, I'll provoke you. And when you're ready, you'll say, I take back what I said. I do want more. I'm ready for more. In the same way, you may have kept some sin, some secret little thing, or you've kept something you've, you're so so guilty of, so ashamed of, you've never told anyone. And that thing dominates you. And at some point you go, I've got to get this off my chest. And you do. And you experience a forgiveness that you didn't realize was even possible. And a freedom. Okay? So we experience all these things in, a, in, a, in an initial and an ongoing, ever-increasing way in our lives. All three of those things are ours. That's my interpretation of those verses. It's pretty airtight. Okay? It's, I mean, it, it, I can't think of a verse that doesn't fit with that. And as we look at the book of Acts and how that happened, you'll be tempted to create rules. And then the next example in Acts will break those rules for us. Okay, any last questions or thoughts? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, go ahead. This is the lesson that's brought all you said together, and it really resonates. Good. I'll make sure this is recorded. Oh, it is recorded. Okay, good. Wait. 
I had the whole. Th I had. The, I had it off one time. The whole time. No, we're good. Uh, yeah, Matt. Yep, somewhere it says. Yes. Somebody said, what must I do? And he just says, believe in me. Yeah. Like, he's like wanting a bunch of, like, I've got to do something. And it's like, just believe in me. Just, right. just say yes. Yes, say yes. See, God looks at the heart. That's what we control. We control our heart. That's our garden. We control our heart and we control our decisions. Anything external is an act of obedience, which is vitally important, like baptism. But I think we all would say, if I get hit by a truck on the way to my baptism, you think God's going to go, well, tough break for you, eternal fire of damnation. You should have looked both ways. You know, it's just like, I don't think so. I, I you know, and, and, you know, I may be stepping on some funny ground there, but I think we've all had those kind of discussions. Um, but yeah, we say yeah. We just say yes. We just, and, and we don't have to say yes very well. Okay? It's like when you get married, you say, I do. And there's parts of you that go, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. You know, but you just say yes to what you know, and you keep saying yes. You have a posture of yes to the Lord. You have a posture of invitation. You have, you have God, uh, there's more. I want more. You've said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When I go into the grocery store today, I'm going to stop at the door and ask you to lead me as I shop, as I look at people. And if you show me something in someone, or I get a crazy idea to say hello to them, or pay their bill, I'll say yes. I'm going to take a risk. And watch what happens. The adventure starts, the Easter egg hunt starts when we live that way. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you.